podcast. The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. So welcome to the second hour of the Talking Point here on SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. It's six minutes past ten, right? So as we're heading into the Easter weekend, there's a bus strike that is looming as the bus passenger sector workers are demanding 7%, a 7% increase health insurance and a two-year agreement. The trade unions have been in negotiations since January 2023 and they lodged their dispute in February in 2023. There's a long-standing culture of bus strikes just before this holiday period. It's the first major one right in the year and previous strikes have left commuters stranded. Since COVID-19 the bus industry has struggled to recover to its peak as many operators closed and the quality of service uh, that uh, gets received has declined some say and the remaining entities have faced uh, violent attacks over routes from the taxi industry. So in this hour we're unpacking how the state of public transport during peak period is and we're joined on the telephone um and we did try, uh, by the way, to get the tra- Department of Transport uh, to uh, through Loa Peshea Cosa to come and talk to us. They are not responding. If they do respond, if they come back to us, uh, they can join the conversation anytime. But for now, uh, I think the biggest uh, union of uh, bus drivers in South Africa is NUMSA. Pagamile Hubimajola is the spokesperson for NUMSA and joins me on the line. Good morning, ma'am. Thank Thank you very much for your time. I mean, let's ask why the bus strikes always happen around the peak use periods. We're going into that big Easter weekend, the first uh, major holiday of the year. And uh, here is a major strike looming. Good morning. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. And thank you for having me on the show. Um, first of all, the issue of the strike happening ahead of the Easter weekend, it is unfortunate, but it's certainly not by our doing as a trade union. I think your listeners must always remember that every time workers go on strike, they sacrifice for that strike. That strike is a no-work, no-pay strike. For every day that they are not at work, they're not getting any pay. So we actually would not like to go on strike. But we have been forced into this situation by the behavior of the employers. Oh, sorry, can you hear me now? I can hear you better now. You were saying? Okay. I was saying that the fact that we are on the verge of a strike and it happens, there's a lot. Answer the first question because we didn't really hear your answer, which related to the strike uh, at a peak period. Yes, uh, and I hope you can hear me better now. Much, much me? better. Thank you very much. Okay, great. So, in relation to why this coincides with the Easter long weekend, there's two issues at play. Uh, we always begin our wage talks early in the year. In fact, as, as, as unions, as labor, we submitted our demands last year already. In, uh, by November last year, the employers had our demands because the wage agreement expires at the end of March. So as I speak to you now, the wage agreement that we're busy negotiating over has expired. 
Now, we as a trade union do not want to go on strike, certainly not over the busiest period, which is the Easter long weekend. Because um, at the end of the day, a strike is something that workers sacrifice for. Every single day that they go without, uh, that they go on strike is a day that they are not paid because of the no work, no pay policy. So we certainly are not the ones who are eager to embark on strike action. We are here because of the stubbornness and the greed and frankly, the selfishness of employers in the bus passenger sector. And if they had engaged with us meaningfully, we would have resolved this wage talks. We would not even be in a conversation around a looming strike around the busiest weekend of the year. Help us understand the challenges that uh, bus drivers are facing at this time. In you know, uh, what kind of challenges do they endure? Well, the first, they're experiencing many challenges. Workers in the sector are amongst the lowest paid. And the issue of the medical insurance or the medical aid is a, is a core demand because you're talking here about workers who on average are earning about 7,800 rand a month. And I don't have to tell you, uh, OSKG, about the pathetic state of our public health care sector. Uh, the fact that hospitals are collapsing, clinics are collapsing. These are institutions that are permanently under-resourced, uh, whether there's, there's never enough nurses or never enough doctors or not, no medication. On top of that, these are workers who work extremely long hours, uh, uh, who are exploited in the worst way possible in, in the hours that they work. Uh, for example, drivers who, who are traveling long distance uh, often there'll be two drivers on a shift and the one driver might be paid for, for only for the time that he is behind the wheel. If he's not behind the wheel, he's not getting paid. That's the kind of exploitation that happens in the sector. These are drivers who are forced to sleep on buses because the employer doesn't bother to pay for them to have decent accommodation if they're doing long distance trips. So you know, the demand of, of, of medical aid has become a burning issue. And it is central to why we are at the point where we are deadlocked and we are on the verge of a strike in the bus passenger sector. The employers simply refuse to uh, create or, or to, to, to ensure that workers have some kind of medical aid cover, whether it's medical insurance or medical aid. That is a discussion that they don't even want to entertain. And it's a demand that workers have been raising for many years. And what they're saying at this point is they refuse to sign any new agreement without that demand being uh, part of that agreement to bind all companies all over the country to ensure that workers are receiving guaranteed medical aid or medical insurance cover. I'm very surprised that, uh, you know, uh, they are not highlighting the issue of the violent attacks that they face because a lot has happened to the bus industry post-COVID. And, and one of them is the issue of violent attacks, especially the ones that do the long-distance route. Because in my mind, as I was uh, preparing to talk to you, I thought the medical aid or health insurance or whatever we want to call it issue related to the fact that if they're attacked, uh, they need uh, to get decent care because they were attacked at work. It's not to say that it's not part of the reasoning, 
But I think we can all agree that in a country like ours, where the state has completely failed to deliver on quality health care, it creates a, a situation where workers are going to demand that employers uh, assist in that regard. And certainly the bus, the employers uh, 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 and, and workers who do work long distance have indeed suffered violent attacks on routes. Uh, that is a very abnormal situation, which the state again has failed to intervene on and to do anything about. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not just about the attacks. It's about the fact that every single worker in this country deserves access to quality health care. And because we have a government that doesn't care about workers and their families or the poor, it then creates a situation where workers will demand that from employers. Now, why are we demanding that from employers? We're demanding it precisely because the very same working force under COVID did not benefit at all during COVID. Many workers in the bus passenger sector weren't even paid salaries uh, because of the fact that the employers in the sector claimed that due to the restrictions, they were not making any money. Uh, and yet these are the same employers who are heavily subsidized by government. Those subsidies, by the way, are shrouded in secrecy. To date, we don't know just how many billions they reap through support from government. They are guaranteed income and support from government. And yet they give nothing back to ordinary workers who risk their health, who risk their livelihoods, who risk their lives in order to carry passengers from one destination to another. So, you know, I know that you have to go, but ultimately what happens now? What happens? So I just also want to, while I'm on the platform, just to clarify a little bit of what you said in your intro mm-hmm. regarding the proposal that's on the table. Mm-hmm. The proposal that's on the table is not a proposal by Labour. It's the mediator's proposal. So in other words, that's not our demand. Mm. The mediator has proposed to settle the strike. Their proposal is that we agree to this agreement, this this proposal, which is a two-year wage agreement, which is 7% for the first year, 7% for the second year. But the problem with the mediator's proposal is that it's still not dealing with the core demand, which is the demand for medical insurance. The mediator is saying that companies, individual companies should be allowed to decide whether they implement the medical insurance or not. For our members, that's not acceptable because uh, they know very well that companies will not implement that demand and they want it to be written into the national agreement which will bind all companies going forward. We are, we are not, it is not too late, as I speak to you now, OSKG, it is not too late for employers to come to the table and engage us on those on that issue. If we can find one another, then there's no need for us to resort to a national strike. However, if the employers continue to be selfish, continue to be greedy the way that they've been behaving, then unfortunately we are headed towards a national shutdown in the bus sector and it's going to coincide with the Easter weekend. You know, uh, we we have a listener who wants to quickly ask you a question before we let you go, Paramila. Mike in Newlands, hi. Yeah, hi, good good morning. Good good morning to your guest. A quick question. Uh, Look, I've got a car. I'm not going to be affected by your strike. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, hi. Hi there. Uh, I'm just being quick. I just wanted to say that, look, I'm not going to be affected by the strike. 
I'm lucky enough to have a car, but the poor people are certainly going to be badly affected by the strike. My question to your guest is this. She has a beef with the employer. Um, then you please, why do you drag the poorest of the poor people into your problem? You have an option in this country to find a better job elsewhere if you're uncomfortable with the work environment or the pay that you're getting now. So why do you not rather just move on and find another job? And let's see if there's anybody else who's prepared to do that job for the same kind of money. We have maximum record. Okay, okay Mike, your, your question wasn't quick after sure. all, but let's let the guest answer it. Thank you. I think in response to Mike, Mike speaks like somebody who doesn't live in South Africa and has no idea of the conditions that actually affect the majority of people in this country. First and foremost, we're a country that has 43% unemployment. So there's no such thing as quit your job and find a better job. That concept doesn't exist here in this country. Secondly, this is part of a principle called centralized bargaining. And we are in the process of negotiating a new wage agreement. The demands that our members are making, who, by the way, Mike, happen to be the poorest of the poor, um, and, 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 and unlike you, cannot afford a car, these are workers, this is a, a life and death demand uh, from in many cases, because as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, if you'd been listening, some of our members die on the job in the process of delivering uh, uh, passengers from one place to another. So the demand for, for medical aid is a life and death demand. Yeah. The employers in this sector have made a fortune and they've done nothing to give back to ordinary workers. Yeah. So what Mike Unfo- should do Unfo- is, unfortunately, is actually though, interrogate those employers who've put us in a situation where workers now find themselves in a situation where they must embark on a strike. Unfortunately, I have to, to go, Pagamile, but thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Call us on 086-000-2032. Welcome back. So sorry you had to uh, let go of Pagamile Lubimachola there, but, uh, you know, we uh, had to go to a commercial break. But I hope you heard the gist of what she said, uh, you know, and the fact that actually this is the mediator's uh, um, uh, uh, request. They And they are not uh, relenting on their request for health insurance. I want to hear what you have to say. We had given the Department of Transport the right to reply and uh, we called them this morning uh, and they had agreed to come on board and when we were going on air, uh, they were not available anymore and if they're listening, anybody, uh, any of the officials in the Department of Transport if they're listening, you have a right to reply anytime even if you couldn't do it in this moment you can call in later or tomorrow or whatever the case may be and we can engage you but I think uh, I also want to hear from you uh, who were listening to this conversation and uh, that interesting point that came from Mike later, uh, you know, and the response also to Mike that came from Pagamile Lubimajola on 86 I know many, many, many of you travel because uh, this is the first major travel after the Christmas period to go see family, uh, loved ones who live far away from you over the Easter long weekend. What are you going to do if you're dependent on uh, public transport to get to where you need to get to over the long weekend or if you're in the sector 
even mostly if you're in the sector, whether uh, you're a driver or an employer, the nice thing about radio is it gives you a degree of anonymity. So if you want to call in and give us your take uh, about uh, particularly the issue of medical aid, health insurance, medical aid, whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, right? Uh, and the two-year agreement, 7% in the first year. Um, what did she say is the percentage for the second year? I think it's 7% for the first year. Yeah. Uh, seven per- is it 7% for the second year as well? So call on 086-000-2032, uh, SMS 41391, WhatsApp 061-410-4107. Uh, how do you access uh, a refund if your bus operator, for example, is going into a, a strike? Because I know some of you buy those monthly... What are they called? The monthly tickets, right? The monthly tickets which entitles you to, you know, access whenever you need it within the duration of the month. So what happens to you if you have, if they go on strike? What happens to your monthly ticket? Do you get a refund? You know, are you are you entitled to a refund? Does it get moved to another time? Do they say for the four or five days or 20 days or whatever the case may be that we were on strike, then you can, you know, you can retrieve those days uh, in another month? I think uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear that. So send your voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, and uh, you can call and join uh, the conversation on 86 2032 and I repeat the Department of Transport which is entitled to a right of reply can make their response to us at any time that they may be uh, available and we want to know uh, those that are affected how they're going to move around let's hear some voice notes all I'm hearing is because of a failed state a failed state there's no medical available because of a failed state. Hospitals are in disarray. So the blame is falling on the ANC. As simple as that. That's why nothing is working in this country. Uh, good morning, KG. You know, the strike will affect we the poor. But you know, this Mike guy from Newlands, that guy, he likes people being exploited. And like I'm, I'm, I'm actually beginning to think that this Mike is exploiting his workers and find another job, find a job where, while we are sitting with this high unemployment, he can't just come and really say, find another job if you don't like that job. Does he know what people go through? What, in what kind of situation people work? Huh? Just for the sake of at least having employment. Yes. Thank you, Martina Blomfontein. Morning, morning, morning. I just heard uh, Mike in Newlands talking about people not wanting to work. They must just go and look for employment somewhere else. He's exposing the attitude of the Democratic Alliance to say big business will not want to pay with the working class a decent salary just because they want to make more money. Pagamile uh, Majola answered her correctly to say he speaks like as if he's not living in South Africa. This is South Africa, whereby rights of the, work, the workers are, are respected. It's a deed and bush Thank you very much. You know, uh, 
and then we're, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to turn our focus just after the news headlines on the state of long distance buses and taxis, uh, you know, because uh, they're in a very poor state, right? Uh, uh, one often wonders how authorities deal with them because uh, imagine it, you're going to Lusikisik, right? You're traveling to Lusikisiki from, from, let's say, Johannesburg, right? And then <laughs> halfway through the, the journey, your bus is stopped and it's deemed unroadworthy. So what should the authority do? Should the authority let the bus go and drop you off in Lusikisiki and and, and after that, uh, you know, not get back on the road? Or does it mean that once uh, they say it's, it's, it's not roadworthy, you get off, they get off, the bus get towed away. So it's it's quite a thing, you know. So we're going to have a conversation with Simon Zwane, the spokesperson for the Road Traffic Management Corporation, particularly to find out what that means uh, for people who are traveling long distances in these buses and these taxis that that may sometimes be deemed unroadworthy. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, 10.30 and Musa is standing by with the news headlines.